0: okay this evening i uh like to well if you will just turn to proverbs chapter twenty two and uh a scripture and we want to keep in mind as the Lord create the occasion that we would witness to others and what we would have to witness to others would be much different than what the religious world uh, has to witness uh, many times. There's something, something missing. Well, maybe several things, but there's something, something missing. So Proverbs uh, chapter 22. And let's go back to verse 17 and start. Well, before we start, uh, I've mentioned many times that uh, a lady one time was working for their family, and uh, she would generally come out there every morning before anybody else showed up, and we'd talk a little about scriptures, and I've told you this story before, but then she told me one day there, she says, well, I never used to doubt my salvation, but now I do, and of course. I told you what I told her. There's only one reason you would doubt your salvation, because you're trusting in yourself and not trusting in Christ. And we, we talked about it. But there was no certainty in there. I've talked to people that was going to have a very serious surgery, something that uh, maybe uh anyway, a very serious surgery. And they would, I mentioned this before, too, and they might say things like, well, you know, I don't know if I've been good enough to go to, if I die, I don't know if I've been good enough to go to heaven through this or not. So what they're missing, they're missing something. They're, they're good people and everything, and both, well, actually, several people that I've had that was going to go into a surgery or something or this disease hits them, and they don't know if they've been good enough or not. And, but the other person that said, well, I never used to doubt my salvation, but now I do, there's something missing, something missing. Neither or any of these that I spoke of had any certainty. Penny, they, they didn't know. They didn't know where they were going. Had, they had their fingers crossed, but they didn't know. I, I've told you this. This was a television preacher, whatever. Very good speaker, but his statement was, he used a fishing analogy. He said, I hope that when the Lord takes me home, or when the when the Lord dips the dip net down in the sea of men, I hope I've been good enough to be a keeper. So there's something missing, and what is missing is certainty. They they don't know, and what a horrible life to live. I was there for a while uh, thinking about the lake of fire, no certainty. So uh, in Proverbs chapter 22, and uh, let's start in verse 17. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise. And apply thine heart unto knowledge. For it is is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee. They shall be fitted in thy lips. That thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day... Even to thee. Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth. So that's what's missing in the religious world, the certainty of the words of truth. And then it tells us why. So we want we, we want the certainty of the words of truth that we we have this security. But then it gives us a a reason that thou mayest answer the words of truth to those who send unto thee. So the Lord uh, will bring occasion into our lives where people uh, are, uh, comes, I don't know, they don't have to come to us. But anyway, you're discussing scriptures and so forth. And... So what we should give them, what should be our witness, is certainty. That's what the world is missing. They don't have certainty. They, don't, they just don't see that. So we, we pray that, that he makes us known the certainty of the words of truth, but then when the Lord brings that occasion that we witness, that we give the certainty of the words of truth. We don't leave them in, in uh, that they would have to doubt In 1 Peter chapter 3. And it's a New Testament scripture and and, uh, very similar to this. Certainly reads differently, but 1 Peter chapter 3 and this. These pages don't look exactly the same as it does in my Bible. Mine's all dirty and marked up. 1 Peter 3. And uh, let's go back to thirteen. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But if ye but if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror; neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and with fear. So here it's kind of saying the same thing. doesn't use the word certainty. But it says be ready to give an answer. So the Lord will bring occasion people in our life that we will have occasion to, uh, to witness to them. And it says those that ask you of the reason of the hope that is in you and Debbie I remember your dad talking about this hope it's not a maybe hope we use hope as a maybe thing in our English language most of the time but that's not what this is this is a desire with expectation to receive that which you desired so it's a hope but it's expectation it's not a got my fingers crossed hope it's a desire uh or an expectation to receive that which we desire. So it's not a maybe hope, it's with expectation, or faith. So it says, be ready always, and that's what we do as we, as we come here, and we study, and you study at home, we study week in, week out, that we, we grow in this certainty that we'll have to give to those in need. But we don't want to leave out the certainty, because that's what the world, that's what they don't have. They don't have the, the certainty. Uh, Revelation chapter 5. Can, well, can you have certainty? Uh, I know Brother Olson made a statement, no doubt more than once. He says, I'm as sure as being heaven whenever I die as if I was already there. That's certainty. He, but, but he based that on something, though. I mean, he was certain, but he had to have something to base that on. So, and the same with us, as we tell them the certainty, uh, something to base that on. So, uh, Revelation chapter 5 and verse 6. So, we want to look tonight, there'll be some familiar scriptures to you, and I'm glad that they are familiar to you but scriptures with certainty. So, Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. So, here... John was privileged to, to look into heaven. And what he saw was a lamb. But this lamb had some characteristics about it. And what it was, a lamb as though it had been slain. Peoples, they talk about certainty, they talk about believing in Jesus. You know, many of them see Jesus as well, he came, and he was, a, he was a good man, and he led a path that we would follow, and if we followed that, then we'd make it to heaven. They don't see the crucified lamb. Uh, yes, they know about it, and they talk about it, but that's not what they trust in. And uh, if we skip down a little farther, uh, verse 9 And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood of every kindred tongue, people, and nation, and hast made us unto our God a kingdom of priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So here... This lamb that had been slain, that was worthy to open a scroll, it said, has redeemed us to God by thy blood. See, if you leave that out, there's no certainty. And, Penny, we know the religious world knows about Jesus. They talk about Jesus. They talk about the sacrifice. They talk about the crucifixion. But they don't see the certainty in it. And that's, that's where they are lacking. Uh, of course, who is this lamb? We know it's, it's Jesus Christ, of course. And we, we read that this morning, actually, and John there with his disciples. He said, Behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And, bills we've been discussing some, and that lamb will take the sin away from everyone in this particular world that is speaking of but so there's certainty there isn't there certainty for those that are in this particular world that is speaking of that he's uh, uh, redeemed us to God by thy blood isn't there security and certainty in that if uh, so if he redeemed you and took away your sin as far as the east is from the west, and I remember Brother Austin talking about this too. It doesn't say far as the north is from the south, because on our planet, if you go, these uh, these girls could tell us about directions. If you travel north, and you travel north far enough, first thing you know, when you get to the North Pole, you'll be going south then. But if you travel east, you never meet the west far as the east is in the west that's where our sin so uh so there's certainty in that if we look at the, look at him we have certainty here it says that he he redeemed us and we see that in peter as well and i want to go ahead and read that too first peter chapter one very familiar to you folks, and i'm so thankful that it is first peter chapter one and uh Again, I know this is so familiar to you, and it brings certainty, and I thank God that it's familiar to you and to us. 1 Peter 1 and 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed. Now, we just read over there that that this lamb redeemed. So this tells us how you're not redeemed. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver and gold, from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers. And you can trace that back to the law of Moses, where he said, give a half shekel silver for atonement and so forth. So you weren't redeemed that way. Well, how how was anyone redeemed? But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. There's our certainty. There's our security. Redeemed by the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb. And that's the, whole, that's the whole picture of Christ, the sacrificial Lamb. That's where security, that's where our redemption is. So by the blood of the Lamb, there's certainty. So if God doesn't lie, and I say that to get our attention, if God doesn't lie, then there was certainty And the Passover lamb. I'm talking about the true Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. Not the one that was a token. Now back to the the original uh, uh, Passover, there was a lamb slain. God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. That was just a token representing Jesus Christ, our true Passover lamb. So then, if God didn't lie, and we're redeemed by the blood of this Passover lamb, then we have security. We have certainty. That's what the world doesn't have. So there's... The scriptures we've looked at, you say, well, they've read from this, this same Bible. Why don't they have certainty? They read the same thing we read. Why don't they have certainty? What we've read so far, that should be enough to give anyone certainty. Why don't they still have certainty? Well, many of them will say, well, but it's still uncertainty because it's up to man. If he wills to accept it, or reject it so then there's still some uncertainty with them but and the most familiar scripture to you and I'm going to read it uh, book of Ephesians so this take this this should take away all the uncertainty and this is is uh, those that are lacking certainty certainly this is a scripture that we would use and again they might say uh, well, when Austin gave the example, I'm sure of being in heaven whenever I die, if I was already there, people will say, but you don't know what you're going to do between now and then. And that's true. But we know what Jesus Christ did. And that's what it's based on. That's where our certainty is. So we, the scriptures we read, they still want to say, well, but it's up to you to accept or reject. So Ephesians, and by the way, this Ephesians first chapter is hated by many. Verse 3, and this brings certainty. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he, according as God, has chosen us, his elect, in him, Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love. So these that he chose, that God chose in Christ before the foundation of the world, how will they be presented? Well, it says that they should be holy without blame before him in love. That's how they'll be presented. So in their certainty, in their surety in that, he chose them before the foundation of the world. And Penny, they don't, they don't like that. uh, It takes all the honor and glory away from man. That God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, and and they just uh, it leaves man nothing to glory in. So therefore, uh, they hate this. If He chose and elect before the foundation of the world, there's no question. If they if they believe, if they don't believe, if they receive, if they reject, that's all taken out. It's all in God's hand. He God chose his elect in Christ before the foundation of the world. That they would be holy and without blame before him in love. That's security. That's certainty. And that's what the world doesn't have. Uh, we could go on here and spend all of our time here. Let me just read a couple more. Uh, verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace in which he has abundantly in which he hath abounded abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he has purposed in himself and then well let's go ahead and read two more that in dispensation and the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on the earth, even in him, in whom also you have you have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated, according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. Now, I have a day planner, and I predestinate a lot of things. Rarely do they come to pass. But I plan and I predestinate things. But, see, you see something different here. It says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things at the counsel of his own will. See, the difference... He has the power to bring all things to pass. The counsel of his will, they're going to come to pass. So he predestinated, it's going to come to pass. I remember when I uh, had to take some uh, speech things because I was injuring my vocal cords or they were injured or something, but I saw the speech pathologist for almost a year. And we started talking about the scriptures and mentioned the word predestination. Predestination. She said, I don't, I don't know about that predestination. She said, we're kind of stealing the Bible belt here. And she said, that's, that's kind of a dirty word. And, uh, and that's true. It certainly is. But, you know, by God's grace, whenever I finished up my uh, last series with her, like I said, it was maybe eight or ten months. So then she said about predestination, she said, you know, she says, I never believed in predestination, but I've never heard it the way you say it. I said, the reason is you've always heard it from people that didn't believe it condemning it. You haven't heard it from somebody that believes it and sees it as true. So anyway, so uh, predestinated. He has predestinated his elect from before the foundation of the world. So there is certainly, certainly certainty in that. Security. Uh, what he predestinated, what he before ordained, he will bring to pass. Uh, John 15, Gospel of John, chapter 15. John 15. Well, actually, we're running short on time. This just tells us where he says, you haven't chosen me, but I've chosen you. So there again, forget about you choosing or us choosing. It's he that chooses us or has chosen us before the foundation of the world. So that's what that tells us there. But that, so that, again, that takes the uncertainty out. He does the choosing. And he does it before the foundation of the world or has done it before the foundation of the world. I, I do want to go to Romans chapter 9, though. Uh, Kenny, this was a scripture that your brother Bob dearly loved, as do I. Romans chapter 9 and uh, verse 11. There's a a, a mother, two twins, hadn't been born yet. Verse 11, for the children being not yet born... Neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. So it's not according to what these two was going to do. It's according to God through election. It was said to her, the elder shall serve the younger. You know, Esau come out first and and, uh, uh, Jacob grabbed his uh, on his heel. And then it says in verse thirteen, as is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. This scripture also is hated. I've talked to people about this before, and they say, Oh, I can never serve a God like that. Well, Bill, there's another teaching now. That you and I have discussed some, and what they're saying is, as is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I loved less. That's the way they're reading the scripture. I may talk about that sometime when we have a little more time. Uh, but So they're saying he loved Jacob. He just doesn't love Esau as much. That's what they're saying. So we'll talk about that sometime. But nevertheless, here it's, it's election. It says... Uh, For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand. Not of works, but him that calls. So it's God elected, and it's according to his election. So the lamb in Revelations that we read about, that had been, appeared as it had been slain, he redeemed. There's certainty every one of those that God uh, elected he will redeem them with his blood so there's certainty uh, we read or maybe we quoted in John when John uh, Baptist said behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world certainty he's going to take away the sin of that particular world of everyone that he's placed in that particular world we won't talk about tonight but there are a lot of different worlds uh we talked about 1 Peter there, you weren't redeemed with corruptible things, but with the blood of Christ, as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Certainty. Certainty. Security. We are chosen in him. That's certainty. And they still say, well, you know, but we have to persevere in everything. They they want to leave something, in fact. One gentleman said to me, Well you'd like to think there's something for us to do. You'd like to think of something we have to do. That's what our nature would like to think. John chapter six Gospel of John chapter six John six. And we're looking for certainty still John six and thirty seven. Jesus speaking here all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. Isn't that certainty? Everyone the Father gave him will come to him, and he won't cast them out. There's your certainty. No wonder also could say, I'm sure of being in heaven whenever I die, as if I was already there. Because it's not dependent on him. Everyone the Father gave the Son will come to him, and he won't cast them out. Uh, So it's it's certainty. Certainty. Uh, Tenth chapter of John. I love this scripture. I know we read it a lot. I love reading it. I I pray you do as well. But certainty. It's what's missing in in much of the religious world is is certainty. And they're not bad people. Just he hasn't opened her eyes to this at, at that given time. John 10 and 27. My sheep, hear my voice. I always like to pause there and say, well, how did they get to the be his sheep? Did they make the right choices and the right decisions? Now, it will tell us a little later, my father who gave them to me. So when it says my sheep, we need to understand they're his sheep because the father gave them to him. So he says, my sheep, hear my voice. And as we read this, I always like to point out, these are all just facts, nothing conditional, no uncertainty. These are all just certain Facts. Uh, my sheep, we know how they got to be a sheep. Hear my voice. Not just the good ones or the ones that try. His sheep will hear his voice. It's it's just a fact. It's certain. And I know them. Of course, he knows the ones that the Father gave him. And they follow me. Not just the good ones or these. But all the ones that the father gave him will follow him. This is all certainty and security. There's no doubts here at all unless you think that the father or the Son's going to fail. And we know that's not true. So my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. These are facts. And I give unto them eternal life. And I always pause here. Well, what if they don't accept it? What if they reject it? That's what the world says. But see, he doesn't offer this here. He says, I give. He doesn't offer it. And I've told you a story before. Let me, let me just mention it again. There's a, a, a TV man. And uh, he said, well, it's like this. He said, God writes out a check to you. And he gives it to you. This is your salvation. All you have to do is turn it over and endorse it. And that kind of, well, that makes a lot of sense. That's the way our checks work and everything. But it's, there's no certainty in it. It leaves it up to you to accept or reject. So salvation is not, it did, see, if, we, if that check was true, it would be saying, I offer you this check, and it's up to you to accept or reject it. God didn't offer. he give eternal life. Uh, So 28. And I give unto them eternal life. Well, how do you know it's not an offer? Look what it says next. And they shall never perish. Everyone that he gives eternal life, there's no chance of them rejecting. I give them eternal life, and they'll never perish. If it's up to us to accept or reject, then some would perish. But they're not going to perish. I give them eternal life, There's certainty, and they shall never perish. More certainty, more security. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Is anyone going to take any of the sheep away from the shepherd, the good shepherd, the great shepherd? And the answer is no. And it goes even farther. There's no need. We know it's not going to be plucked out of our Savior's hand, not going to be plucked out of our Redeemer's hand, but it goes even farther. My Father who gave them to me, now we know how he got these to be his sheep. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck him out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So, see, this is, this is certainty. But this is what's missing in the world. They, they just can't see this certainty. Why? They want to leave some honor and glory to man. And there's no certainty in that. Romans chapter 8 another scripture very very familiar but I just us I, I, I to see the certainty as he gives us occasion to witness we want to see the certainty in the words of truth and that's what the world is lacking is the certainty Romans chapter 8 and I won't I won't go back to verse 28 although you know how much we, we love that Romans chapter 8 and 31. What shall, we say, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now just stop and ponder on that a minute. We're up in sports now, and well, I guess sports is going on year-round, but starting football and everything now. So it might talk about how, how stiff competition this team's going to be. Well, they're against us. This team's against us. Well, you know, they're just, this is early in the season. We're going to pick the easy team to start with. But the, they look at their opponent and that's against them. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. We're going to have to really play our best before we can beat them. But this says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now ponder that a minute. Is there any uncertainty there? If we if we know the true God, if God be for us, it doesn't matter who's against us. I know Satan is there, and Satan is real, but the battle's not between you and Satan. It's God. Satan, remember, uh, Peter. Or, the Lord told Peter, Satan desired to sift as wheat. But I prayed for you. So, uh, so what do you say? If, if God's for us, who could be against us? There is certainty. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Now there's a certain all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I, have, I can't fully comprehend that. I can't fully comprehend God giving his son. Isaiah 53 says that he you know, pleased God to bruise him, and that was crush and smite. I, Terry, I can't, I can't fully take all that in, that he would give his son and the suffering that the son went through for us. But nevertheless, he did. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Shall God that justifieth? God that gave his Son to justify him, uh, he's not going to take charges against his. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Shall God that justifieth? Who is he that condemneth? Shall Christ that died? Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? And that's a a question to ponder. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? So then it goes on. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword. And if we skip down to verse 38, for I am persuaded that that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Now as I read this, this covers everything. It doesn't leave anything out. Says I'm persuaded that neither death won't separate me from His love, life won't separate me from His love. Angels, I've been studying some about angels, uh, angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. That covers about everything. That none of that will separate you from the love of Christ and, and God. Nor heights, nor depths, nor any other creation or creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is there certainty there? It's all all certainty. It's all security. I've told you the story hundreds of times, no doubt. A man was preaching on television, and he was asking this question. He was at this chapter and verse. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? And Bill, he went down through there, line by line. He'd really hit those things. This will separate you. This will separate you. Powers, none of these things will separate you. And it got done. I told you a story before. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ except you. And what a foolish statement that is. That's certainly covered here. You can't even separate you from the love of Christ. Uh. Might have time. Psalms seventy-three. I like this as well. Psalms seventy-three. It uh, it kind of uh reminds you of this when it says, What can separate us? Nothing past, present, future. So Psalms seventy-three And verse 25. Well, 24. 24. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterwards receive me to glory. God's going to guide, He's going to receive. But listen to verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there's none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. So, who do you have in heaven? Besides God. What more do we need? You might look at a, 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 football, team and a football team. And you say, well, boy, they, they need a quarterback bad. Or they need this bad. Or they need a line, better lineman. They really need this. But this says, whom have I in heaven but thee? What else do you need? Who's going to lay anything to your charge? and said, said, and there is none upon the earth that I desire... Uh, Beside thee. So there's much certainty in these scriptures that we look at. The redeeming lamb. Certainty. He's not going to fail. Jesus Christ is that lamb. slain from the foundation of the world. We are chosen by him in him. He won't cast us out. No one can pluck us out of the hand of the Father or the Son. So, it's certain that all elect that God gave to His Son will be with Him in glory. It's it's certainty. It's certainty. But there's an important question that hit me many years ago. And I'd heard Brother Halston and Brother Don speak about this and about God and the love of God and and your election and its security and and all the certainty. And, and, oh, that was just, that was good news. (laughs) That was the best news. But then there was a point in time I thought, what if I'm not one of them? What about what if I'm not one that the Father gave to the Son? What if I'm not one He chose to redeem? And then I was I'm back where I was when I first started, I guess. But and I want to read a scripture. And I'll close with it. Acts thirteen forty-eight. Familiar to all of you, but I guess this was a scripture that, uh, well. It just meant so much to me at that particular time because I was doubting. I don't know. I couldn't change. If he didn't choose me, if God didn't give me to to Christ, if he didn't choose me, I can't change that. So I thought, well, what if I'm not one of them? And I was terrified for a long time. And uh, Acts 13, and this is a scripture that, uh, that the Lord used to give me comfort in this. So I I said, what if I'm not one of them? What if I'm not one that God chose uh, in Christ before the foundation of the world? What if I'm not one of them that he chose to redeem? So Acts 13 and 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And listen to this. As many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Terry, I could never explain what those words meant to me. I knew one thing. I knew I believed. And I even believed, hey, if he didn't choose me, then I, I you know, there's nothing I could do. I knew that. But, but it says, as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. I knew I believed. So the proof is, I was one of them that was ordained to eternal life. So... Again, takes all the doubts out. Certainty. So, as we talk to to folks, uh, that's what's missing in much of them is the certainty. May the Lord bless the speaking of His word. We're dismissed.